Hey, what is up? Welcome to this episode of the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brian Lofermento. Today's episode is an incredibly important one because we are talking about you. Yes, you, the listener, we are going to peel back so many layers of the onion when it comes to uncovering you, how you operate, what's rewarding for you, how you should be growing your business. And we're going to do all of it in an incredible way with a guest that I've been so excited to speak to. Her name is Joey Shuey. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Joey. She is so good at what she does. There's so many aspects of what she does that no bio is going to do her justice, which is why I can't wait for you to experience her brilliance firsthand here today, but as a little bit of an introduction, Joey is an Enneagram 8 who has utilized this impactful tool of Enneagrams for more than 25 years. Her application of understanding the unique motivations that inform human behavior flows through dating and marriage, parenting, business, managing employees, growing yourself as an entrepreneur. There's so many personal development aspects that we're going to dive deep into today. She has worked with colleges, with big businesses, with small businesses, with individuals, with so many different people who want to improve their performance and the performance of those around them. She's traveled nationally for the last 13 years and has found a genuine passion for teaching the Enneagram at all levels. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about, or you do know your Enneagram number, you're really gonna benefit from today's episode. So let's dive into my interview with Joey Shuey. excited to introduce guests onto the show. I couldn't get enough of your bio today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Brian. I'm glad to be here. Heck yeah. So obviously a bio is one thing, but filling in the gaps as a person is another thing. So fill in those gaps for us and tell us who is Joey Shuey. So you mentioned that, uh, you know, Enneagram, if, if whether people know it or not, uh, it is something that's kind of growing in popularity, definitely. And anyone who's listening who is familiar with the Enneagram has likely uh, come across a book known as The Road Back to You. Um, it's one of the best primers out there. It's sold almost a million copies at this point, published in multiple languages. And that uh, author, Suzanne Stabile, is my mother. So I learned the Enneagram when I was 19. That was a long time ago, <laughs> about 25, 26 years ago. And it's essentially this tool that uh, helps you kind of understand yourself better, but more importantly, helps you understand those around you. And um, about 15 years ago, I started kind of just teaching this. Um, it was a side gig for me uh, next to my my big full-time job. And I loved it so much. And I saw how impactful it is in helping people communicate, uh, regardless of the situation, that it just became my passion. And it's what I do full-time now. So I uh, own my own consulting business. It's known as, it's called We Solutions. And the WE stands for Working Enneagram. So I go into all kinds of environments and essentially just share this tool, teach it, and uh, help people work better and communicate better together. I love it. And I love, I'm definitely guilty of this. Even before you and I hit record here today, I, was, I call it, you know, we so often lump it in with personality tests and, and you specifically use the word tool. So I want you to talk about the difference between the Enneagram and why you view it as a tool rather than just a personality test. Well, first of all, that test piece is, is 
almost the the worst thing you can do in starting out in the Enneagram. Uh, you Because this is the only tool that types you on motivation, tests tend to be incorrect more than half the time. There are tons out there. You can pay all kinds of money uh, to find out what your Enneagram type is. And because most questions are asking you questions about behavior, the test is going to be incorrect. So personality tests, Myers-Briggs, you and I mentioned that, discs, strengths, colors, there's so many out there. They all have their place. They all type you on what you do. So you answer questions based on behavior and essentially you are put into a category based on that. The Enneagram is unique as a tool because it's the only system that types you on why you do what you do. It types you on your motivation behind your behavior. And while there are billions of iterations of behavior, and quite frankly, Brian, your behavior, all of our behavior is up to us. It's 100% up to us. That's kind of our choice. What we didn't choose and what we can't really change is the motivation behind that. And so as a tool, it's something you have to experience more than you just check a box, if that makes sense. And when I go in and teach, I am describing the numbers and you have to kind of hear it and feel it to know that's, that's how I see the world uniquely, essentially. Yeah, I love that overview because you're right. So many times I have, and I've taken all the different tests out there. We could talk about a million of them. You know them a million times better than I do. And there are certain tests where I'm just like, yeah, no, I, I don't really accept that one. Like, I don't take that on board. Right. So I'd love for you to give us an introduction because we always throw, hear people who are into the Enneagram throwing these numbers out there. And for people on the outside saying, I have no idea what these people are talking about. <laughs> what are some of these things that tell us and give us these insights into our motivators? So essentially, I think the best way and the way I come at sharing Enneagram with others as a tool is you've got to look at the reality that as human beings, we all have three native intelligence centers. That's not Enneagram specific. That's just human psychology specific. Thinking, what do I think? Feeling, how do I feel? And doing, what am I going to do? But we don't use all three of these centers in balance by nature. We intuitively lean into one of the centers more than the other two. And that causes just an imbalance. And that imbalance can um, give us behaviors and ground us in behaviors that we've learned to really utilize to make our way in the world. And when you realize there's an imbalance and you're not bringing one of those three to the table, it also highlights why you might be misunderstood by others. So uh, the story I like to tell is I called my mom years ago and I said, you know, I have a real problem. The golden rule is not working for me. I am treating people exactly like I want to be treated and it's just not going well. And my type, Brian, is I'm an Enneagram 8, as you mentioned from my bio, and 8s are direct and blunt and firm. I take in and process with the doing center of intelligence. So I'm all about action and doing. And I support that with thinking. And you know what I don't bring to the table is feeling. And so I tend to hurt other people's feelings and I don't even realize it because the way I see the world, I'm not bringing feelings to the table. So it's always confusing to me when I hurt the feelings of others with my directness and my bluntness and my firmness. So that's just to scratch the surface for one type. But essentially what you're looking at is we're grouped 
uh, in, in several different ways in Enneagram understanding. And one way is in, in Enneagram triads. And we are in triads based on that dominant center. So I mentioned me as an eight, I'm my center, my filter, my home base is doing. I make decisions that are tied to action and implementation. And those are the elements that I value as I go through my life. Well, two other numbers also use that as a filter and those are ones and nines. So when you hear Enneagram as a tool, Ennea means nine in Latin. And so essentially, while there are billions of iterations of behavior, there are nine ways of seeing. And as long as I've done this and the thousands of people I've worked with, you can trace pretty much all human behavior to one of those nine ways of seeing. So eights, nines, and ones, that filter is doing twos, threes, and fours on the Enneagram. The filter is feeling, but it's not necessarily emotion. It can be, but it really means human centric. So twos, threes, and fours are making decisions day to day that are focused on relationships and being able to adapt to other people into the situation. And then five, sixes, and sevens, that filter that's dominant is thinking. And so they're all keyed in on information and analysis and gathering information and knowledge. And that uh, tends to motivate a lot of what those numbers um, do and how they decide to act. So that's layer one. So tell me what you think about that. Yeah, I love that. It, it's funny. And obviously, I want you to keep going. I know that this is only the first layer of it. But one thing that I do want to interject here is that even as you're saying this and the fact that you started with the golden rule already as an entrepreneur, I'm thinking about all the different aspects of my business. I'm thinking about the way that I treat clients. I'm thinking about the way that clients treat me. I'm thinking about the way that I treat employees. And I'm also thinking about my own behaviors when it comes to what motivates me to get that task done that I haven't been looking forward to. And and one thing that comes to mind is I remember I had this one client who she was big time into the Enneagram and she quickly pinpointed a lot of how to get the best out of me. And she said, Brian, I think that you really love external praise. She's like, anytime, she's like, some contractors, when I praise them, they rest on their laurels. And she goes, but with you, you do 20 times better if you know that I like the work that you're doing. So I'm thinking about that. But Joey, you're the expert here and you've worked with big businesses and small businesses alike in this domain. I want you to talk a little bit as you get into the next layer of the Enneagram. Why should we care about this stuff as a business owner? Because obviously what I just shared, it touches all different aspects of our business and how we operate. But your professional opinion, you've seen it make a difference in organizations. What's your take on that? So essentially, when you, uh, I think when you look at any organizations, when there's breakdowns in communication, you know, I think with very few exceptions, we don't set out to offend one another. Um, and yet we do like on a daily basis, it, when we're in the trenches with people we're working with, we have the same vision and the same goal, but the way we come about doing it is very different. And what Enneagram does for all businesses, regardless of the size of the business or what you're doing, is it helps immediately with that communication and where those breakdowns are. So if you, you know, essentially when there is a breakdown, it's likely that you have two numbers or three or multiple coming at the same exact situation from very different places. And what I say always with the Enneagram is why this work is impactful is it helps you realize how you see and that you cannot change. 
but you can change behaviors. And one of the easiest ways to be able to modify behaviors, to, to communicate better with others and get along better with others is realizing how you're coming to the same situation. And there's eight other ways of seeing the very same thing you're seeing. So it helps with that compassion and understanding, and it takes the personal piece out of it. You know, it's easier to say, man, I, instead of you hurt my feelings or, you know, you didn't see this the way I did, it's, man, I see how you're coming at this with a filter of what are we going to do about it? And I'm coming at it with, you know, it's a filter of how is this going to affect other people? And those are two very different ways to, to look at something and to approach the very same situation. Yeah, I love that insight. And I absolutely appreciate you touching on that because it, I love how you bring it back to communication. It, it seems as if no matter which way we go with regards to talking about this within the scope of business, or I know that you do a lot of work with parents, a lot of relationship type of work, it all ultimately comes back to communication. We're all humans on this planet. When we do business, we're doing business with other humans. You're right, with different lenses, with different emotions, with different ways of interpreting things. So I love that insight. I don't want to cut you off, Joey, on where you you're going with the next peel of the onion. So whether it's the three stances, I don't know where you're going, but I'm ready it for it. It's the three stances. And Brian, I know you're not, uh, we're not settled on your number yet, but I'm, I think it's likely that you and I are in the same stance. Um, the, we are in stances based on the center of intelligence that is least accessed. It's just kind of what we pick up last. And when you're talking about work, it's what we bring to work last for sure. So threes, sevens, and eights are coming from one of each of the three triads. And we are all in what is known as the aggressive stance. And it doesn't mean we're aggressively behaved. Um, we can all be at certain times, but we are all aggressively motivated to essentially kind of shape and form the world the way we see it. And I say these three numbers, three, sevens, and eights, we live the easiest in the illusion of control because we're all fast processors. We have a lot of self-confidence. We think on our feet and we process very quickly. And our orientation to time is based on stance. So for three, sevens, and eights, our orientation to time is the future. So we're all big picture thinkers. We're looking out into the future. And we don't always remember going back to that feeling center of intelligence that's last for us. It doesn't necessarily mean emotion. It does mean the three of us tend to not be very emotional, especially at work. And we can't be influenced very heavily by others' emotions. Um, but we also tend to dismiss our own and put them aside. But remember that feeling center is all about people. That's the human centric triad. And so in our rush, three sevens and eights to think big and do big and have grand ideas, we don't always notice who or what is in our path. And we can, if we're not careful, um, run over or ignore that. And, and that's a real uh, impactful piece in business when you have three sevens and eights who are who are making the effort to stop and consider others because that's not naturally always what we do when we're in the forward rush so that's the aggressive stance ones twos and sixes are in what is historically known as the dependent stance 
For the publishing work that I'm doing, I've renamed this group the Responsive Stance. Uh, they absolutely appreciate that term a lot more. Um, but dependent doesn't mean that ones, twos, and sixes are dependent on others. It ultimately just describes where the reference point is for ones, twos, and sixes. And for those three types, they didn't choose it. They can't change it. Their reference point is outside of them on the situation. And so these three types are always very busy at work doing what is theirs to do, but they don't have great boundaries. Not bringing thinking and logic to the table means that they struggle with personal boundaries. They struggle saying no. And all three of those types take on more than is what is theirs to do. And depending on, you know, the moment, the time, whatever emotion they're dealing with, they can get kind of resentful um, because they don't believe others are doing their share and their part. Uh, in Within that stance, though, there's different um, filters, right? Because you're coming from different triads. So twos um, are, they're known as the empath. They are feeling what everyone else is feeling, and then they feel like they need to do something about it. Sixes. Um, expect that things will go wrong or won't go according to plan. So they're really great in organizations, but they can tend to wear others out if you don't know you're dealing with a six because they have a lot of questions. And their questions are, if this happens, what are we going to do? So sixes are always very prepared for multiple scenarios. And then ones are all about doing things right. They're black and white thinkers and they feel responsible for everything they see and they believe there's one correct way to do something. Now for those three numbers, if they work once they understand Enneagram to bring up thinking and to bring up logic, it helps with two things. First of all, it helps them with boundaries and then it helps them objectively evaluate all of their doing um, because prior to doing Enneagram work, they're all pretty hard on themselves um, and on others who aren't doing at the level they think they should be doing. And then that last stance, fours, fives, and nines, uh, doing is actually the last center of intelligence they bring to work. That's kind of hard to see because we all have to do at work. But where you see it with fours, fives, and nines is uh, they are generally doing what they like and what they want. And by nature, any outside pressure to their doing is met with an intuitive, stubborn response. So that's really helpful if you are managing those numbers um, to kind of know how to approach them a little bit differently. Make sure they're having buy-in on the deadline, essentially. Yeah, Joey, I'm not going to lie. I feel like you just exposed me in front of my worldwide audience and told them my stance. Because as you were talking about the aggressive stance, I was like, oh, you nailed me, Joey. You totally got it. <laughs> so on that note, I want to ask you this because obviously a lot of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs, shout out to all the entrepreneurs as well who are working on building and launching their businesses. A lot of them are listening to us right now and they're probably thinking, one, Joey, I definitely need to understand my Enneagram type. Like that is for sure a priority for me. But then two, I want to know from your perspective, what do I do with that at that point? How is this tangibly going to help me grow my business? And obviously I know there are a lot of answers that you can give us there, but dive into the different aspects. How does it affect us in sales? How does it affect us in marketing? How does it affect us in hiring? For me as someone who's always growing my team, I'm personally curious on your take on that, Joey, is how, who do I surround myself with? Like, what does this mean? Do I hire like-minded, opposite-minded? I'd love to hear your insights there. 
Love it. So I am very much a believer that every number is needed. Every type is needed in every business to make it go because you're, you're opening yourself out. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, then you are reaching a worldwide audience of all different types. So the more you have on your staff, you know, a, a good balance of how others see the world, you're, you're setting yourself up for success. I think we tend, especially in the aggressive stance, I think we tend to hire like-minded. <laughs> so I, when uh, my other full-time job before I consulted, I intuitively hired aggressive stance numbers because I wasn't bringing feeling to work and I needed them to not bring feeling to work either. We had big things to do uh, to change the world and I kind of wanted that to be surrounded by people who were gonna just hit it hard without bringing too much feeling to the table. Well, then I left myself um, almost kind of without a limb, if you will, because I missed out on having um, the more, the people who are willing to wait first and think about it and then do, think things through before they jump. And then that piece of the people focus and the responsive piece and reading others and reading the room. So you really need every element. I love though, what Enneagram offers is it's not static. Like we mentioned Myers-Briggs. I know you're, you mentioned what type you are. I'm an ENTJ. What do I do with that? I was never able to really do much with that. Yes, I'm extroverted, you know, yes, I'm not feeling. Those are those are kind of basic things. Well, then when I started utilizing Enneagram, I realized, man, I come at situations as an eight, doing first, thinking second. And I'm a fast enough processor that I can say, oh yeah, that's where I meant to, to aim, but I very often shoot first, aim second. And so much of Enneagram understanding is, man, we're all wired differently. And there's a, a big element that we're just not bringing to the table when we make decisions. And if we'll stop long enough just to consider that angle, we all have natural access to that center. We just need to utilize it more. It's an ongoing work. My, the, the clients that I have that I consult with, these, most of them are long-term clients. I mean, I have a client I've worked with for five years now because there's always another way you can utilize this, um, not just specifically, but as you hire, as you grow those elements in a company. Yeah, I think it's easy for you to put me on blast because you're right. You, you're you just like me, so I'm glad that we're in the same boat here because when you said we tend to hire people just like us, I got chills, Joey. I was like, that's my entire team. I always go for the aggressive stance of people for all the exact reasons that you mentioned that you intimately know yourself. So the next thing that I want to dive into, I have the luxury as we're having this awesome conversation today, I can actually see you. We're recording this on video. So for all of you podcast listeners, you don't get the great fortune of seeing Joey and her passion in all of this, but I can see behind her and in her office, she has a sign that says, the world needs who you were made to be. And for me, when I look at that, Joey, and obviously for you, I'd love to hear what that sign means to you personally. But for me, one thing that comes to mind is how many beginner entrepreneurs, especially, enter the marketplace and think, you know, if you're a marketer, I need to sound exactly like this marketer that I look up to, or I need to, you know, the way that Steve Jobs always did his product presentations, I need to be just like him. And, and your sign really puts into focus for me that, no, we are all, and obviously it's the part of what we're talking about today, 
we are all different. You need to be you. You need to be the way that you were made to be. Talk to me about why that that phrase stands out for you in your office and, and how you think the importance in business is relevant. Well, once you understand that you were uniquely created to be you, you know, and that the world needs exactly who you were made to be, then you stop trying to be what you're not. And that's the, you know, that's easier for you and I as aggressive stance numbers, right? We love our number. We love our type. We, you know, that this is who we are. This is the ABCs of me. But there are other types out there who um, naturally compare by nature they tend to compare themselves to others um and once you really bring in this understanding you realize man what i've got is pretty great all i need to work on is just being more balanced and then i can you know i could do anything and essentially that's what the magic of the enneagram is is it shows you where, you know, which center of intelligence you're just not utilizing. And once you're more balanced as a human being, there's, as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing you can't do uh, once you have that understanding and you start working with it. Yeah, let me ask you this, Joey. I think it fits in with what you just said, which is about that balance. Now, you and I have the luxury of having been in business for quite some time. I am, I think this is year 15 for me, which is crazy of being in business. And I know that you're on a similar timeline having gotten into this stuff really young. My question to you is for all of those solopreneurs out there, there's such a large part of the entrepreneur to entrepreneur audience and they're thinking, well, Joey, I can't just hire somebody to balance you know, the, the centers that I'm not using in my business. I I have to do all of this until I get to that point. How do we strike that balance, even on a personal level? That I'm one of the best examples. I am a solo operator. I work, I don't have other employees yet. And where, so the balance that I needed, I had to figure out for myself. And once I did that, it was huge. Once I did Enneagram work and realized, man, I got to bring up feeling. I really, when I approach people, I am type eight is known as the most misunderstood type because we never set out to offend people, but we do by nature. And once I realized how I was coming across was so <laughs> aggressive um, and I would lose people, you know, what happens with eights is we find ourselves in leadership positions naturally because we're willing to take charge, but because we use feeling last, we don't always know to kind of bring people along as we're going. And so for me specifically, what I needed to bring up was that very element that that is all about working with people. And Brian, it's it's absolutely necessary for the job I do in consulting. You know, I I don't just consult aggressive types. I consult all types. And to be able to meet people where they are to use this unbelievable tool to see where they're coming from and then on my part, bring up feeling so that I can relate to them in a very real way, that allows that individual to take the meaning of Enneagram and go further with it. And if I didn't bring feeling to the table, I wouldn't be connecting with others in a meaningful way. 
Yeah, I love those insights. And I know that you and your husband do a lot of work within the scope of parenting and using Enneagram for that. And I think it's something, so I'm not a parent right now, but in my head, one of the things that I've learned as I've gotten older, as I've matured, especially now that I'm in my 30s, is I realize how frequently the golden rule lets us down. It's not about treating others how we want to be treated. It's about treating others how they want to be treated. So I love how so many of your answers come back to that. And you're right, for us as the aggressive of stance understanding we also need to bring this to the table not necessarily for ourselves but for the people that we're also working with this is a collaborative world and a collaborative environment when it comes to business joey you've been such a wealth of knowledge i i mean obviously you do this for a living you do a lot of trainings but part of me is like we could probably talk for eight hours here today absolutely absolutely <laughs> we could go all day heck yeah so which Right now, I'm just like, you need to go on the Joe Rogan podcast because he would, you know, his eight hour marathon episodes, that's prime for this type of topic. And I know that you'd crush that. But Joey, as we are limited in time here today, I'd love to open the floor for you to tell listeners where the heck, first of all, how can they go about getting a reliable Enneagram score? Or is it a matter of reading a book and figuring out what deeply resonates with them? So first share that with them. But then two, I'm dying for them to know where the heck they can follow you because I've seen the breadth and depth of your work across all your different platforms. So tell listeners how they can follow you. Awesome. So I, the first in terms of getting this in, you know, if you want it specifically for you or you want to put it in the hands of someone else, <clears throat> understanding that written indicators can be incorrect and that it's something you almost have, you have to experience your Enneagram type. I think a combination of a book and podcast are, are, just the best way to come at um, reliably ending on your type and landing on your number. So there are many, many books out there. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, have you stick to The Road Back to You. I think it's one of the best primers out there, my mom's book. Um, that in combination with any Enneagram podcast, um, but there is one called The Enneagram Journey um, that I, I like to push that one. That happens to be my mother as well. But you just all you need to do is scroll through the episodes and find um, the the Enneagram type of the person she's interviewing is in the title. Listen to that type. There is nothing like hearing your own number, your own type uh, speak about anything. It, it resonates the most. And I think, as I mentioned, I can't say it enough. Enneagram isn't something you check a box on. It's something you have to experience um, and feel. And that I think is the best way to do it. And um, in terms of following, um, I, as you mentioned, my husband, Billy and I, uh, we do this work jointly for marriage and parenting. So um, Billy is finishing his doctorate in education. He will graduate in May with his doctoral degree and his Enneagram treatise, his treatise for education is on Enneagram and education. Um, so he's going to be bringing it into the education world, but we jointly um, host and run an Instagram account called Enneagram Parents. And you don't have to be a parent. You don't have to be married to get something out of that. Um, especially right now, we've had the account for about two years and the first, we spent the first part of 2023, we're doing a 12 week series where we dive deep into triads, stances, primary types, and then each of the numbers. It's a great way to just quickly pick something up and kind of find yourself in there. 
Heck yeah. Thank you so much for showing, sharing those resources with us. I'm going to tell all of you listeners that Joey just dropped some golden bombs on us right there. So I'm going to link to all of these resources that she just mentioned down below, including The Road Back to You, the book written by her mom, which Joey, that's incredible. Your mom's work that really has shaped so much of how we interpret the Enneagram as a tool for our own personal development there. I love the subtitle to it, an Enneagram journey to self-discovery. So I love that. Everything that you're doing with your husband is awesome. We're also going to link to your website, which is wesolutions.life. We obviously stands for working Enneagram. So that's wesolutions.life. We'll link to that. Otherwise, you all listeners, you've clearly got some homework that's going to benefit you and is going to reshape the way that you view not only yourself, but the way that you're doing business, the way that you're finding clients, the way that you're working with clients. Because as Joey's home office sign says the world needs who you were made to be so joey thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us here on the entrepreneur to entrepreneur podcast brian thank you for having me i enjoyed it thanks for listening to the entrepreneur to entrepreneur podcast with your host brian lofermento for show notes and to get a free copy of brian's book visit us online at the